can't believe you two took that raving lunatic seriously. What do you think this is? <laughs> That's the thing. It's maybe it's too much technology. That's that's where like um, guys like us tend to like that face to face interaction. You know what I mean? There's no glitches Absolutely. for the most part. So you know each other from from Seattle. So you yeah, are so you originally I mean, from Seattle? We're we're both from the Seattle area. I was literally you know born and raised there. I mean I was born in Korea, but uh, I moved to Seattle when I was literally two two years old. So you know I. I went from preschool through college in Seattle. My parents still live there. My sister's still there. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, yeah, Rachel and I, we have that, we have the Seattle roots. Um, and then she moved out to New York uh, in 2000, what is it, 16, 17. She was holding a, uh, <laughs> a, a Korean American, Asian American event out there. Um, uh-huh. And uh, they uh, awarded me with some uh, service award kind of thing. Uh, Oh. a few years back and uh we were able to kind of rekindle uh back there out there in new york and we've kept in touch ever since um she's she's definitely uh she's definitely a warrior man she she gets her hustle on <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah she definitely does i've known her for quite a while and um you know we were laughing about our our long-standing relationships um that we've like ended up kind of going out back out into the world doing everything that we were doing and then coming back into the same circles again so right. good 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 relations are are um, you know are important and um i was reading something online uh an article i guess about you and it was something you said which was my specialty if i can say is trying to build collaborations between mainstream content from europe or the u.s and asian content especially korean um and also looking at some of your background you're 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 me and you have probably have a little bit in that common where we're thought of as like these true connectors these 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 people who have just have this ability to kind of find people find you and you find people and then things happen from those relationships um right what do you what do you look for when like so i know for me the, one of the toughest things i have to face when it comes to networking and and relationships is that there are just so many hours in the day and so many people coming at you at one time that you kind of have to have somewhat of a filter i guess in the afterthought of it all to kind of filter through those who I don't want to say are useful, but are useful. I mean, uh, versus those who are, they're good people, but maybe they're just not for what you need going forward for certain things. Do you have a a mechanism in place that you kind of use to kind of try to determine that, that kind of process? You know, I think it kind of depends on the situation. Uh, Obviously, uh, whatever the situation is, uh, whatever the circum- 
circumstances is you got to have the talent. You got to have the natural talent. You have to put in the work to, to get to the level where you get to. Um, you know, some people just have it naturally. Uh, other people have to really work for it. Um, but, you know, ball doesn't lie. You know what I mean? When you're, when you're, <laughs> ball doesn't lie. So, I mean, if you can hit the ball and, and, and you can hit for average and, and you're, you're hitting your threes, you know, then, then you're on my team. I mean, right. no matter what, sometimes, even if you're a total asshole, but you can play and, mm. and we need you, then, then those are some of the sacrifices that you have to make sometimes in order mm. to become a champion. Um, mm. But I also look at personality. Uh, I think uh, some people that have a really good personality, you know, brings harmony to a team or to a project, even though they may not be top tier, uh, mm. being a role player or a team player, whatever it may be. So I think really it depends on the situation. For me, uh, you know, long story short, I mean, I had this dream that, hey, you know, I want to be, I wanted to be a baseball player. That was my, that was my sole dream and, and aspiration was really? to be like Ken Griffey Jr. Ken Griffey Jr. was my hero growing up in my neighborhood. And mm. I still want to be like him, you know? I mean, I love the way that he's living now after after retirement, you know, raising his three kids and, and, and uh, living with his lovely wife, Melissa, and all that kind of stuff. And just seeing that. And then also now being a owner of the Seattle Sounders in Seattle, trying to, you know, stay within the community and do what he's doing is just... right an amazing feat and, and something to always be inspired by. Um, but mm. since being a baseball player wasn't, you know, in my future as a professional, um, I kind of was able to segue into entertainment and entertainment. Right. Sports is also another form of entertainment, but uh, being now not just in sports, but in raw entertainment, meaning, you know, film and TV and, and even right. music uh, once in a while. Uh, with my network and my experience uh, and my range from, you know, the value that I got from working at Sony for 10 plus years and uh, at the level that I was working at for those many years, I wanted to uh, build a future for myself by taking the power and network um and range that I earned from Sony or that I mm. got from Sony and find a way to parlay that into Asia right. and find a way to connect my roots, my mother roots in Asia to my roots in the US mm. and give Asian people more of a uh, opportunity to show their talent in the mainstream market, which is the United States. Right. Um, so having said that, uh, to your, you know, comment of people, you know, uh, using people or, or taking advantage of people or putting si people in the situation where they're able to get what they want to get. Um, it's a tough process because being Asian, uh, you want to try to help other Asian people to, right. to guide their way into a position where they can, you know, um, to, to spread their wings. Um, sure. But you get to a point where you want to help them, but they got to be good enough. 
<laughs> you know, I'm not just going to help you just because you're Asian, right. just because you're my right. brother, just because you're my right. sister, just because you're my cousin's 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 cousin. You right. know, that that's not the only reason I'm going to that I want to help you. I want to help you because you're that, of course. Right. But because you're actually really good at what you do. So well, that's kind of think how I to being good is like a validation. Like it kind of it's like a circle of sorts where they need to be good because your word needs to remain strong when you go out to these connections and you can't help them if they, if you keep bringing, you know, garbage in garbage out, you know what I'm saying? So, and your word is the glue that holds that together. So absolutely. That's my reputation. It's my lifeline. And if I, if I screw up once, you're not going to get another chance every once in a while. You know what I mean? So, right. Right. You got to make sure if, if you're going to present something that you're presenting the best thing that you got. So you have another opportunity to do it again next time. Right. But from the get go, if you don't have it, you have a pretty small chance of, you know, trying to get another one the next time. So, yeah, you really have to put that into perspective uh, every once in a while. Yeah. You know, when I, especially when I was at Sony, I had people waiting in line to see me you know <laughs> yeah. when i left sony it was a little different um right right uh and and, and you kind of come back to reality and realize oh these people just kind of wanted to be around you because they wanted to use you for the assets mm. that you owned at the mm. time but when you don't have them then yeah then they act yeah. like they don't know you sometimes you know which is <laughs> which is heartbreaking but um right. you know that's just the circle of life i guess i always i always i always uh like a like think of it like so i remember uh maybe it was might have been 2010 i was in japan and tokyo and um you know there were still record stores at the time and tower records was around and i remember going in there and hearing like this one artist coming over the speakers and i was just like Oh, who is this? And it was the first time I had heard Seal. And okay. I was like, dope, oh, wow. this is dope. And what it you know, that makes me feel like, you know, I you know, I like music. I like discovering new music. And I like discovering it in like you know, in my own time. Not like, hey, someone come to me with their album on the street. Hey, I got a new album. You know, it's okay. I mean, I'm glad they do that. But (laughs) there's something about stumbling onto this, this, this new thing, this new whether it's a film or an actor or a move or an album or, and I think when because you know. I, I, you know, maybe it's an ego thing, I guess. You feel like you did, you, you found something that no one else has found. It's almost like going to the beach and finding a pearl inside of a, right. a shell that you just happen to kick over, you know, versus somebody handing you this pearl. Um, I think that's where people like yourself are so much, are so like invaluable and it's so like people need to understand how. Um, rare some of the things that you're going, you're coming across happen to be and especially since now you're doing it you're trying to combine 
multiple worlds together. Right. You know, multiple cultures, multiple um, environments, and to get it to mesh successfully, like you did when you introduced the world to Psy, is like Psy was kind of like this tsunami of 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 that we no one had seen before no one was was expecting and i to be quite frank i don't know how you determined the like how how you from like what was what was the moment where you said hmm this dude i i, I want to do more with him something about him that makes me want that believes that he can be more than what he is well the thing is uh prior to the whole Gangnam style you know uh pandemic i don't know if you... mm. <laughs> yeah that's a good word that's actually a good word for it uh you know my whole my whole thing my whole niche was you know finding talent or finding content right uh out of asia specifically korea because that's where my roots are uh and and try to find a way to to present it in the u.s uh Mm. when i was when i was still working at sony as an assistant uh man 2003 2004 2005 i was the assistant to the chairman of Sony Pictures Entertainment. Hmm. Um, I took a vacation out to Korea. I saw a film. I fell in love with it. Uh, I was naive uh, and and young. Uh, and I came back home to LA and I told my boss, to the chairman, hey, I saw this great movie. Um, production value is amazing. I don't speak Korean, you know, like a native does since I've lived here all my life. But... Uh, from a, a standpoint from an American eye, I think this could do really well. Um, mm. You know, obviously with the barrier of that, you know, uh, two inch, you know, subtitle that shows up at the bottom of the screen, I think it would be an amazing film if we released it here. Is there any way we can do it? And he mm. actually took me seriously. Um, they had, he had his acquisitions team take a look at it. Uh, they went to Cannes, they looked at it again, and uh, we picked up the, the rights to distribute in the US. Um, mm. And we actually made money on it. So that really put me on the map um, as far as uh, someone that they could trust to find international content. Mm. Um, it gave me a huge boost of confidence to want to try to do it even more. Right. So then, uh, luckily, Bringing that film to the U.S. connected me to the Korean Entertainment Network. So I met the director and the actors of the films and the distributors and the managers and the agents involved that were all, you know, um, within that Korean Entertainment Network. And that's kind of where my network was built. Right. Um, And then through this person, I met that person. Through that person, I met the other person. And my network just grew as the years progressed on top right. of the clout and, and, and the power that I had from Sony being, you know, on my business card, uh, there were a lot of different doors that I could get into that I normally wouldn't have gotten into if I was just a, mm. you know, just a regular employee of a company. 
Um, but right. having done that, I was able to, you know, put myself in front of other talent to try to bring in to the U.S., uh, be it actors or other singers or whatnot, um, which weren't uh, quite as as successful as what we did with Sai. But when um, Gangnam Style was, uh, you know, put in front of me and brought to my attention, it was actually really simple. Mm. Uh, I saw the video. I thought it was great. If this one American dude, this one white guy, likes the video then there's going to be a lot of other white people that don't like the video yeah that's right true. um but you know to be more specific uh scooter braun which you know most people in the entertainment know um him and his team saw the video by chance on a youtube feed <laughs> they thought it was amazing um at that time i was the only korean person that they knew and they knew that I knew people in Korea. And, uh, you know, Scooter's guys called me and said, hey, Q, we saw this amazing video. It's crazy funny. We want to buy the rights to the song. We want to mm. we want to find this guy. Can you can you find him for us? And I was like, yeah, I'm here. I, I guess I can make a couple phone calls and, and, <laughs> and get him over. And if I can do it, I'll bring him over. And if we do, it'd be great if you can give him some exposure, put him on, put him on the radio, get him on TV, manage him, whatever you can do. Right. It, it would be amazing. And and uh, as a business savvy and, and super smart and amazing as Scooter is, that's what he did. I mean, he first thing he did was he signed him, then he put him on the Ellen Show, made him teach uh, Britney Spears how to do the dance, and then remember that. got MC Hammer <laughs> to do a collaboration with Too Legit to Quit. All of a sudden, he was on the MTV, you know, Music Video Awards, you know presenting with chris hart i mean yeah. i mean with kevin hart i mean it was it was amazing man and it was crazy um, i don't know how much of a of a strategic thing it was for us it was more like just calling all of our friends or more like scooter calling all of his friends overnight saying yo i got this thing get him on tv hey we'll do a quick thing for snl we'll come to new york and do the morning so show i mean truly viral it went viral it was not boom, just boom, viral boom, to boom, the world boom. but within this within entertainment circles right right wow you know i mean we're having dinner in k-town you know having you know uh you know kaibi and kimchi and all that stuff with soju <laughs> and, and stuff like that first time ever scooter's ever been in k-town and we're teaching him how to be korean and all of a sudden he calls usher on his cell phone saying yo you know i got the dude wow. you know and usher's wow. like oh yo what's up so i mean it was a lot of fun um so it was like a neighborhood bro fest you know like all of a nice. sudden we had this thing we just wanted to tell all of our friends and neighbors what we were doing but all of those neighbors had to just had had happened to be Kevin Hart and Usher and Ellen DeGeneres and and freaking Universal or Quincy Jones or whatever it may be and and you know luckily it was that kind of network to pull some pull some power together to to mm. you know make this guy a world sensation all of a sudden I don't know if I mean I can't speak for Scooter but I'll, I'll admit you know I did this for fun right I didn't I wasn't anticipating that we were be, we were going to be a world sensation. I didn't right. think that we were going to break a YouTube record. 
I didn't think we were going to beat Bieber's record, <laughs> you know what I mean, right. at the time. Um, it just didn't seem realistic, but all of a sudden, mm. it's like, what's going on? This is this yeah. is crazy, you know? Yeah. Um, but I wasn't going to complain. I, it, <laughs> it was a, it was a great thing. Yeah, how you can you I mean? how can you? Uh, there's no way to like predict what happened. Like, do you think nah. that that? Um, so, do you think you know that his success kind of op- you know kind of opened minds and doors up for other? Korean American, Korean talented, like I would guess it probably has, like because even now, like like BTS is just like they're like I I mean I I have I have friends who are in their sixties and they love this group, they adore them, and I'm just like, have you ever been to Korea? They're like, nope. Do you speak Korean? They're like, nope. But we love them. And I'm just wondering if this is all just a, like a result. Like, was did he? I mean, was this the door that being kicked in? And people are like, "Wow, you know, this could work." Right. You know. Um, I definitely think so. Uh, mm. You know, prior to us doing Gangnam Style, there, and I don't want to mention any names to you know sour anybody's taste, but there, there have been a lot of companies out of Korea, a lot of groups that have tried to debut in the United States. A lot. They they had their 15 minutes of fame. Uh, They've been on tours. They've done collaborations with other artists. But um, other than uh, high traffic uh, publicity in Korea, they never really got the recognition that they were expecting in the United States. Yeah. And they spent a god-awful amount of money to try to make that happen as well. Mm. Um, whereas us, it was YouTube. It was it was viral. Yeah. It was radio that got us. We didn't, I mean, I don't think we spent that much money other than me inside, you know, getting on the plane, you know, mm. every couple months trying to get out to the world. Uh, other than that, um, it was all the fans and it was all viral that really put him on the map. Yeah. Um, and I think, you know, kind of to to go off on a little bit of a tangent, being Asian American, growing up uh, in Seattle, you know, mm-hmm. I grew up in a I grew up in a small town uh, in an area called Mercer Island. Um, mm. You know, it's a nice neighborhood on the east side uh, of Seattle, about five minutes away from downtown. Mm-hmm. But it's like a literally a ninety percent Jewish community. You know, we had two yeshiva high schools in my community on top of the high school that I went to in our town. Um, and I was super, I was like the, the token Jew in my community. Mm. You know, my, my middle name is Chang, so they called me Changstein when I was growing up. <laughs> and I've been to more, I swear, I've been to more bar mitzvahs than I have had regular birthdays. Mm-hmm. Um, and ha- having been, having grown up in that kind of neighborhood, uh, not knowing anything about Korea, mm-hmm. you know, um, and then being able to uh, find my roots because of, of stuff like this and understanding that, oh, people actually like stuff like this. Right. It, it, it was it was quite amazing. Um, but man, um, if it 
if it wasn't for Gangnam Style, um, I don't think Asians would be getting the same type of reputation and respect that they're getting right now. And what I mean by that is this. Growing up in Mercer Island, not knowing what really what being Asian is, not really getting that that flavor, mm-hmm. um, kind of put me in like an ignorant situation where all I knew was what was going around in my community. Right. Um, and because even I wasn't getting that exposure um, and not knowing what my roots were, uh, one of the hurdles that I went through growing up what other than you know getting picked on every once in a while (laughs) for being for being a minority um was people will ask you uh where you're from right right Uh, mm. and um i'm like i'm from seattle i mean no where are you really from i'm like what do you mean (laughs) you know um yeah but when you finally get to that point, which is okay, I had no problem with that. I wasn't offended by that. Right. But they would think only two places. Are you from, are you Chinese? Right. Or are you Japanese? Right. No one really knew what Korea was or where Korea was. Right. But everyone knew where Japan and China were for whatever reason. Right. Um, they thought, they thought Samsung was, was, uh, Japanese and they thought Hyundai was Chinese where you know LG Samsung and Hyundai are the biggest Korean companies you know on the yeah. on the Asian part of the globe uh, and and they're doing big things in the US now but prior to Gangnam style that's how it was right but after Gangnam style people knew where Gangnam was but they didn't know where Seoul was yeah but the funny thing is, Gangnam is a district within Seoul. You know what I mean? <laughs> Seoul is the city, and Gangnam right. is the district. It's like knowing so, New York City um, and Soho, or you know, exactly, or Manhattan, or whatever you want to call right. it. Right. Um, but after Gangnam Style, people knew where Seoul was. People knew where Gangnam was. People knew more than more about Korean food uh, other than kimchi. You mm-hmm. know. Um, but the beautiful thing about that whole entire situation was after Gangnam Style erupted and became what it became, and I went on my next business trip, the first question that someone would ask me is if I was Korean, and it stopped right there. Wow. Okay. That's so deep. when I put that into perspective, not only did it bring a tear to my eye because I was like, oh man, you know what? Thanks, Scooter Braun. Thanks, Schoolboy Records. Thanks, America. Thanks, the world. Right. Thanks, YouTube. Right. Now people recognize me and people uh, of the likes of me, right. uh, even Japanese and Chinese people, mm. when people look at them, they ask them if they're Korean. So for me, it was a huge, like, emotional time for me um, right. in more ways than one. So having said that, yes. It broke a huge barrier. Uh, it broke a huge stereotype. It sh- broke a huge image situation. Mm. Um, and it really put Korea on the map. And because Gangnam Style was able to put Korea on the map in a lot of different ways, not just entertainment-wise, yeah, I believe that um, because of Gangnam Style, BTS had a had an easier road to success. Mm. Um, 
obviously they've surpassed what we've been able to do. Um, and I'm proud of that. I'm, I'm so happy for them. I re- right. you know, respect to them. Right. And I hope more success, not just for them, but for even more upcoming groups uh, that are going to be following BTS. But I think mm. definitely Gangnam Style um, paved the way. Paved the way, um, yeah. Definitely. Um, and, and I look forward to more. It, it's got to continue to happen. It's got to it's got to have that recycling effect. And, and there's got to be more talent coming out of Korea in order for us to really maintain uh, what we've accomplished. Mm-hmm. Or it's going to just disappear and it'll be like the eclipse and you'll see the moon and the sun coming together mm-hmm. once every hundred years. And I just don't want to see that happen again. Um, unfortunately, with COVID and with, you know, people looking at China uh, a little bit more negatively than they should be um, right. with, with, you know, our, our, our uh, leader of the free world calling it the China virus and the Kung Fu virus and stuff like that. You know, that didn't really help our cause when Parasite won the, you know, Oscar yeah. for, for best picture. Yeah. Um, you know, we had a great moment with, with Korea's first Oscar win, but that really just kind of, was washed away washed you know really quickly because of because of covid um i think we could have capitalized and catapulted off of that a little bit you know off of the success of john Chu's, you know crazy rich agents uh with even mulan and all these different cool films that were you know ready to to be released i think with covid it kind of uh yeah uh, slowed down the run for stuff like that so now as COVID hopefully settles down, I don't think it's going to go away. I think it's something that we're going to be living with for the rest of our for lives. Wow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, um, but you know, we still got to find a way to, to, uh, stay productive and find new ways to be able to overcome. Um, what but do you as think COVID kind of be? digresses, we have to find another way to maintain, uh, our place in this industry. I think, um, you know, the industry has, what I liked about the last, maybe say four or five years is like you said, like in music, there's been different groups from Korea coming here. We've seen some success in the box office with, like you said, with uh, Parasite, with Snowpiercer, um, couple of other movies um i I especially think on the movie end of things where people starting to be used to seeing um koreans on the screen with bigger like with hollywood actors and not think of it as oh you know as different it's just an actor on the screen with you know doing his job you know what i mean and um I think you're right. There's, we're, you know, unfortunately, there's, we're, we're going to settle. There's a little bit of a setback in at least the momentum of things. Right. Um, but I hope, you know, given the fact that um, Hollywood is trying, well, I don't know if they're trying, but we're making them, we're forcing them to change <laughs> their infrastructure and their hierarchy to a much right. younger demographic um that will continue to push forward because i feel like it's the younger minds that are starting to not see 
they're starting to see the lines blurred. You know, like they're right. like, he's just a good actor. I just want to work with him. Or I just want to work with her. You know, right. and I think that's the moment where, um, good or bad, whether the film is an Oscar winner or it's not a terrible movie, they're just being judged on the basis of the content itself. And right. that's, that's I, I, I mean... That's one of the reasons why I was really excited about Parasite. That you know they, it was just a good film. It was just right. a really crazily good film, and right. so many people were excited about it. I'm be honest, I'm excited mostly for, to to see what what their director does next. You know, so mm-hmm. um, that that's always good. What do you um? What what are some projects that you are, like would love like so you know I know you you know you you have this interest in kind of merging the two worlds. Um, is there a project that you kind of like a dream project that you'd like to work on that you haven't done yet? Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, with COVID, I. I, I yeah, I know it's tough. At right? this moment in time, I mean, I'll take awesome. whatever I can get. You know what I mean? <laughs> but, um, <laughs> but uh, I don't know. I think from a young age, growing up within the Sony ranks, you know, it was my first job out of college when I was 21, right. and it was literally my second home. You know, my boss was like my second father. Um, you know, I learned so much, but most of the films that I worked on were romantic comedies, mm. you know, like Will Smith's Hitch or, or Adam Sandler's 51st Dates or Both good uh, Dan Keaton and Jack Nichols and Something's Gotta Give, no. uh, The Holiday with Jack Black and Cameron Diaz, Jude Law, you know, um, Kate Winslet, you know, I was uh, overwhelmed and, and, and uh, overexposed to films like that growing up, you know, within the Sony network. And because I was exposed to a lot of those films, I fell in love with them, you know? So mm-hmm. I, I became this, like, uh, romantic romantic comedy fiend. You know, that's all I liked. I mean, yeah, we had our Men in Blacks and our Spider-Mans and our 007s, which obviously I loved and, and, and uh, you know, an honor to work on. But it was those romantic comedies that really got me big time. Um, so... I don't know if it's a dream project, but projects that I enjoy the most are, are, are projects like that. Mm. Um, I don't know. Maybe I was maybe I was supposed to be born a woman. I don't know. But I mean, <laughs> um, I love I literally love those kind of films, and I'm I'm I don't feel any shame of admitting that at all. Hey, um, you don't have to. I grew up do. doing the same you thing, I mean? man. Hey, man. I grew up watching like, Dean hey, Martin and and all his yeah, all like these romantic comedies like. Roman, Roman Holiday and Absolutely. Sabrina. I, I love those. Uh, and I actually have Absolutely. a film festival that's actually named after um, a romantic comedy called Love Actually. Okay. So okay. I'm with yeah. you. I'm with you. Yeah, man. <laughs> hey, hey, I can I can rock a I can rock a pol- uh, pink polo shirt. It's all good. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> hey, I I rocked a pink polo shirt in high school. So. <laughs> I'm not going to, no shame in my game, the game, man. It looks good on me. It looks good on me. (laughs) Yeah, man. So, I mean, having said that, um, that's kind of my cup of tea. Uh, Mm. I don't know how many Korean TV dramas that you've seen as of recently, but uh, 
a lot of them are about you know families like literally fighting against each other or like educational system you know, propaganda and 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 uh, political you know nonsense and all this kind of stuff people that just mm. stories that just get you on the edge of your seats and, and want to gossip about you know somebody else you know right I mean? right uh they're they aren't i mean they aren't really they're not feel-good stories mm. it's just they they get you excited and then want to want to make you want to gossip when you meet your when you meet your friends <laughs> you know when the when the drama's over you know what i mean right and i don't really think it really brings positive vibes to our community i mean they're great shows they do absolutely right. well it's right. great entertainment but i don't need to be watching jerry springer every day you know what i mean I don't need to watch it at all to be honest <laughs> <laughs> um so i would love to get a feel-good family type of uh content or tv mm. series or a movie together where you know the family's watching it together coming together as one and really vibing and and appreciating and loving each other while they're watching a film and 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 also when you're leaving the theater or or you're you're sitting at home you know watching a tv series mm. and the credits are rolling up it makes you want to be a better person that's you know it brings a tear to your eye like right. oh man i should have i should have said i love you or I, I should be more you know more appreciative to my parents or to my wife or to my husband or maybe i should treat my kids in a in a better way so that they have a you know they used better to exposure do stuff or better like upbringing that all the time man it was like yeah was man, a time I mean, when stories would like it happy would be ending, a story you know? And then at the end, there was a moral, you know, where you learned right. from it and right. you felt good at the end. Like um, Eight is Enough and different shows exactly. like that. Right. How come, like, I, like we, we need people, those, you know what I mean? Yeah, we need that. We, we need, need that. We need stories and, um, about building moral, sto moral compasses and building family and love and supporting, you know, because it's important, especially these days. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, I've been uh, I've been working on that. Um, oh, cool. I'm trying to I'm trying to make that happen in Korea. Hopefully, uh, you know, I have a deal with Sony right now. Hmm. Um, you know, I've been there all my life, and they've treated me like their their own son. Um, I'm not an employee of Sony right now, but you know, I have several projects that I'm working with working on with Sony right now, uh, especially in the TV side of stuff. Nice. Um, I'll give you some more substance when when things become a little bit more official because I don't want to be the first person to oh. you know say it publicly. There's other people that deserve to you know be in the spotlight more than I do. Absolutely. But um, I have some Sony content that I'm bringing to Korea to to remake into Korean content out here. So um, hopefully uh, at the end of the day it'll be a feel good one that you know people be watching at home and and uh, crying about. Mm. And 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 uh, hopefully it'll be content that'll make people want to be better people. Uh, so uh, that's one thing I have in the pipeline. Um, wow. Also working uh, on another uh, a spy film, hopefully, which will go into production next year. Oh, that's cool. Uh, so I'm I'm keeping busy here in Korea for right now. Um, Are you in Korea right now? Be, I'm in Korea right now. 
I'm in Seoul. Whoa, that's long distance. Yeah, okay. man. Yeah, man. Oh, you didn't know? Oh, yeah, man. I'm in Seoul. Like... It's uh, it's it's 11 in the morning. Oh. Um. Wow. Yeah, 10:50 right now. But um, you know, honestly, I'm supposed to be in the states working out of LA. Uh, uh. But I've been here since uh, because I I went to LA. Uh, September last year, hmm. and I was in oh. LA and Seattle until about February. Um, and then my wife got casted for a musical. My wife's a singer, actually. Uh, she's oh, also nice. a K-pop singer out here. Um, cool. And she, uh, Lisa, she um, she got casted for a musical out here in February. Mm-hmm. So we flew out because I try to fly out at least to watch her first show and her last show every time she's got a, she's got a tour. Um, so I ended up flying out around Valentine's day to watch her first show. And then since I came out to Korea, I was like, you know, maybe I should hang out here for about two weeks before going back to LA and then COVID hit. And then all my colleagues back, uh, back in LA were like, yo, it's getting bad. We're going to start working from home. Mm. Uh, I think people are going to get laid off furloughed all this kind of stuff so you know why don't you just stay put in korea until things settle down but it's already november you know obviously things haven't gotten much better things aren't going to settle down Uh, anytime soon so i was like man i can't just suck on my thumb here doing nothing so maybe i should figure things out and figure out a way where i can be productive in korea so i was like you know what since i can't really do anything in la for you right now why don't i find something for you to do in korea so here we are um nice. and i'm still here you know i i should be i should be with you having a turkey and, and some gravy and some stuffing right now yeah, you know, man. in the next couple of days but but i'm out here stuck in korea at the moment and you know hopefully it's a good thing but um yeah i'm supposed to be out there but i'm here right now well i'm a, I'm a big uh believer that um sometimes like things happen for a reason and there's maybe a reason you're just supposed to be out there, you know? Maybe, yeah, maybe. I think so. I mean, <laughs> it's my 11th year out in Korea. I moved out here in 2009. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sony transferred me out here in 2009 to, to do the distribution and marketing out here at the Korea Satellite Office. Mm-hmm. So I've been, the majority of my time has been in Korea. Um, mm-hmm. But last August, I was like, you know what? I think I'm a little burnt out. I need to go back to LA, go back to my stomping grounds and, and kind of recharge. Um, so I'm gonna kind of put everything on hold in Korea, take a break from this and then go back to LA. Mm. But hey, I'm, they're not letting me go. <laughs> I'm, st- I'm back, <laughs> so. Oh my God. I'm back, so, um, you know, I'm, I'm gonna make the bo- I'm, I'm gonna make the best of it while I can. Yeah, I mean, um, a few of my friends who are also kind of bi, bi coastal, they're they are they are stuck in L. They've been stuck in L.A. for a while. They they've decided to stay out there. Actually, one of my friends is uh, his wife is an actress, and so she's out there. And uh, he they just said he's like, I'm just gonna stay out here for now and tool things get where they're supposed to be and he's like you know otherwise i'd be back in new york and doing what i do and uh, yeah it is i mean it's tough because um yeah you know like i i talk to a lot of filmmakers um right now and most of the ones that i'm 
talking to have decided like they're only going to work locally for the moment right. um, unless they're doing like I think one or two one or two of my friends are actually working on actual bigger productions for Netflix so they mm-hmm. kind of are jump jumping through um, a few hoops to kind of be on the set but right it is what it is so absolutely oh I, you know I we we have a lot in common we also I also grew up in a very Jewish neighborhood and household so mm-hmm. I totally get that I, I, I joked to my, my friends are like whenever there's a Jewish holiday they're surprised I know so much about it and I'm like yeah hey when you've had Kavelta fish borscht <laughs> um, you know for holidays you, know, you have to say had, yeah yeah it's like I, don't be surprised that I know more than you when it comes to that um, absolutely absolutely but um, I feel like you, you're just you know there's so many things that you can do like you're because you are a collaborator like I think you know one of the things I tell people is that um, well I mean it's, it's not new but your network is your net worth and sure um, but it's also and, and people like I, I tell people yes that's true but it's more power how you treat that network that's key because absolutely you can I can, you can know all the people in the world but if you burn bridges if you don't live up the promises if you don't deliver on things you say you're going to deliver on that network is worth nothing to you that's absolutely and so absolutely you know um, and like you said talent like if you do, you know if you aren't able to like provide value for these individuals who are in your network, then it's pretty tough to do business. <laughs> so absolutely, absolutely. Like trying to go to the supermarket with a counterfeit twenty. Good luck. <laughs> so, good luck. It's, de- it's definitely it's definitely to have it's definitely great to have uh, extraordinary mentors or, or or you know heroes to look up to them. Um, aside from you know my parents and whatnot. Uh, aspiring to be in the entertainment industry and, and and even in sports to have a hometown a hometown hero like a Ken Griffey Jr. Mm. or even you know a partial hometown hero, hero like Quincy Jones and and one of his best friends Clarence Avon who I aspire to be like mm. um, you know to have people like that to look up to and to be inspired by definitely is a motivating factor to to want to be um, not just a, a savvy businessman, but also, you know, the best person that you can possibly be. Right. Um, and uh, those three people in my mind are, are just extraordinary. Um, and, you know, two of them I know personally really well, uh, mm. you know. So for me to, to be able to, you know, have that, you know, and to, to ask questions and to learn from and to just like sponge in their knowledge um, yeah, has been definitely an honor. Um, but, you know, I got I have a long ways to go, man. I mean, right. thankfully, I, I feel I still feel like I have time. Um, but um, 
They're young, man. Those you got, are some of the motivating factors, time. man. Sure. You're, you're, you've got time, and I think you've got a great combination of things. You know, you've got the drive to do what you need to do, and you, you know, you've, you've, you've been careful with taking care of the people who are around you as a network, and and you've delivered. You know, so I think those are the three things that kind of will really help sustain. You know you going forward um you know it's tough to have you know that's kind of one of the things i i try to help people with you know now it's just you know just uh not not just like if i i don't go on a project unless i know that what i'm going to tell you is going to be useful like i'm not going to waste your right. time i'm not going to waste their time um but and I think there's a certain amount of being self of self awareness, which you obviously have, <clears throat> that you right. really need. I think to be um, to be able to, like you said, have mentors and advisors, right. um, because it's no point of having those great minds around you, and then, right. then them tell you something or them impart some kind of knowledge, and you just. Right. Oh no, I know what I'm doing. Don't worry about that, you know. So, exactly. which drives me batty, by the way. I'm a big right. believer. I got a T-shirt that says "Help me help you." That's my slogan. <laughs> I know Tom Cruise said it, but I truly believe it. Help me help you. And Absolutely. That is very tough Absolutely. to get people to believe in, but the people who believe in it usually end up becoming successful. So, there's sure. that. Absolutely, man. I, I admit it. I mean, I, I mean, it, it's no lie. I mean, I can't, I can't succeed on my own. I need a lot of help from a lot of different people to, to mm. get to where I'm getting to. And I wouldn't have, I mean, I've also been very lucky uh, in more ways than one, but um, I wouldn't have gotten here uh, without the people that have helped me along the way. Um, mm. And if you can't admit that, then, then man, you, yeah. <laughs> you, you got issues, you know what I mean? But Definitely. And, and I think that's going to continue to be that way for the rest of my life. But I enjoy um, getting help from people because it, mm. it, it builds a lot more memories and value out of, out of the situation when you yeah. actually succeed on something. Yep. You know, if you win a championship all by yourself, what's the fun in that? You got no one to celebrate with except for people that want to just ride your coattails. You know what I mean? But mm. if you if you if you actually win something with people that you've, you know, sweat and blood with then you know that's a whole nother ball game it's a whole different yeah. world and yeah. i'd rather yeah. i would i wouldn't i wouldn't uh trade that for anything real quick um since you're a sports fan it seems like sure um what do you think the uh seattle mariners are going to do next next season how do you think they're oh man <laughs> I, I just I, I just hope that they uh, win the World Series in my lifetime, man. I mean, at least once. <laughs> the, uh, it's hard. Uh, you know, I love the Mariners. Uh, you know, 95, 96, 97 was our year, you know, yeah. to actually try to do something. You know, we had Griffey that time. We had A-Rod, Randy Johnson, Jay Buhner, Tino Martinez. Yeah. I mean... Louis yeah. Soho, we had everybody that has gone 
in and out of the Yankees. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> Jeff Nelson. I mean, we we had everybody, man, and and Edgar Martinez, obviously. Um, but a lot of great players came out. Of, came through. Seattle. We had so many amazing players. Oh, we had Robinson Cano for a little while. You know, we had. I mean, come on. Didn't, now, a, we, did, didn't a big unit play for Seattle? Yeah, man, that's where he started. That's where that's he started. Saying, like, and then he went to Arizona and New York, and you know, he went everywhere. But I mean, we have a bunch of World Series. We have a bunch of World Series winners and a bunch of uh, Hall of Famers that are out of the Seattle Mariners farm system. Yeah. But we are the only team in the entire major leagues that has never won a World Series. Up until yeah. a few years ago. Up until a few years ago, there were two teams. They were It was the Seattle Mariners oh, and the Washington Seattle. Nationals. Yeah, and the Nationals, yeah. And the Nationals won. So Seattle's the, so the odd man out right now. Yeah. It's, I mean, you know, I mean, the Cubs have had their their uh, curse for a hundred and some whatever years, but at least they got theirs now. So yeah. it, it's a it's – a, Time for uh, the front office and the Seattle Mariners to really step it up and and, and, and get a team made. I'm, I'm well, sick of waiting. <laughs> I'm hoping. I'm sick of waiting. <laughs> I was a big fan of. Well, first of all, Griffey was like my second favorite player of all time. Uh-huh. So. Who's your first then? Oh come on, man. Well, come I'm a on, Yankees man. fan, but my favorite player of all time was Daryl Strawberry. Okay, you're a Mets so. guy then. No, I'm a Yankee fan. I'm a Yankee fan. Yeah, all but the you're way. a Daryl. You're a Daryl guy, huh? Well, yeah, I'm a Daryl guy because I just love Darryl the way. Doc. He, yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. My my father used to be a baseball player, so that's why. Okay. Uh, okay. And uh, he he and me disagreed on teams. He was a Mets fan. I was a Yankees fan. Uh-huh. Okay. So, that's okay. So, yeah. That works. Yeah. But I mean, hey, Arod, uh, Arod was a Yankee, and now he's trying to buy the Mets. So you know, what, what can you say? <laughs> yeah, well, he's. Yeah, I, I'm, I, I'm, I'm okay with that. He, he can buy him if he wants. As, he can, as long as he stays yeah, away from the Yankees, I'm good. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm hope I'm, I'm personally hoping that the NBA finally puts the Seattle SuperSonics back together in Seattle because I used to love the. Oh SuperSonics. man, me too. Me too. I mean, Absolutely. come on, man. I know, I know. That's heartbreaking. Um, are you so you are you still a Yankees fan? I'm still a Yankees fan. I'm yeah, I got I got fan. a little I got a little bit of uh, I got a little bit of um, Yankee memorabilia to show you. No, I mean not really. I mean, if you look in my office, I mean, there's all Holy baseball smokes. stuff here. Yeah, a little Hank Aaron, a little Hank Aaron ball sitting right there. He's not a Yankee though, know, but let me see. Hold still. on, let me see if I can find some. What I got? <laughs> this is. Uh, I don't know what year this is, but this is a. A Yankees ball. From where? Who signed it? Who signed it? That's crazy. It's a a Yankees ball. Oh, wow. Back in the day. That's old. And uh, put the stamp on there anymore. It's the whole team. But you can see uh, Yogi's autograph on there. Holy smokes. 
See that? The whole team from like 1929 or something, some shit like that. Holy moly! Um, so you're a collector. But uh, wow. More more recently, I got a little piece of uh, Yankee Stadium here. (laughs) See that? Derek Jeter. Jeter. Holy moly! I got seat number eight. You got one of the. Oh, is that the seat where he jumps? He fell into the stands. Yeah. <laughs> oh come on! I remember uh, when they were when they were selling those off. Yeah, man. Wow. So you truly are a baseball fan. There's a little Yankee trivia for you. Wow. Okay. Yeah, man, I had that shipped out to Korea a long time ago before they uh, got rid of the stadium. Oh wow, man. Yeah. Okay. I don't. I have nothing. <laughs> I I just have a Matt, um a Tanaka bobblehead. That's all I got. <laughs> oh, that's dope though. That's okay. Uh, that that counts. That's my boy. So I, that's that's my, he's my favorite player. In the oh world. man, much respect to Tanaka, man. He's 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 the man. Yeah. That's for sure. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, dude, we. That, I mean, if you if you're ever back in New York City, man, let me know. We always go to That's, games. Oh man, I love I love to. We love always to. go to games. I, you know, uh, when I was working at Sony, I did get out to New York at least two three times a year because we we had that office on uh, Five Fifty Madison for a long time. Yeah, yeah. Until I think some Chinese investor bought that building and, and Sony moved down down south a little bit more south in manhattan I yeah like i think they moved down toward yeah. Yeah, yeah 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 i think i've been but yeah I had, I had a i had a good time and i, I i've had i've had uh, some good memories out in new york can't wait to get back well i appreciate you taking the time and talking to me about your career and everything man i mean i wish you all the best because you sound like such a genuinely nice dude actually and because if, if you're successful i'll have more romantic comedies to watch so <laughs> so you know i'll do what i can man i'm more i'm working on it for sure so that would because that would be kind of dope to see some more so yeah man I, that's kind of my priority right now as far as the uh, content's concerned so hopefully i'll have some uh, up, up in your alley sometime pretty soon well, if I can help you out in any way, you let me know. Um, I'm always I'm always around. Probably cool, man. more than I should be, but um, <laughs> and um, yeah, thank you so much for being on the show. I will send you a link to this. Uh, it'll probably be out tomorrow. Okay. Both the video and the uh, audio will probably be out tomorrow, so I'll send you a link to it so you'll have it. Sounds good. Thanks, All right, brother. sir. I appreciate it. Take care. You got it. I'll talk to you All soon. Right. All right. See you.